Hello, and welcome back to Judging Book Covers Podcast, a bi-weekly book club podcast where a guest comes on and makes me and another guest read a book that we have never read before. I'm Megan Griffin, and I am joined today again by Tim Lowe and Joe Shulman. For today's episode, we read the book Infected by Scott Sigler, um, a book that was published in 2008, so what is that, a good... 60 years after the last book we read yeah. <laughs> to start on the things Probably that are right. different. <laughs> and Tim picked this book. So um, go ahead, Tim, why'd you pick this book? <laughs> I can tell you, I, it's always hard for me to answer the question of why I like stuff, but I, I, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd equate it to the same reason that I like the movie Tremors. I couldn't tell you <laughs> at all why I like that movie or why I like this book. I just know that I do. Um, I, I really you know, like the way the story progresses in the subsequent books, too. <laughs> okay, so you've read the entire trilogy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I want to ask about that yeah. in a minute. Um, but yeah, just for all the listeners out there, Tim agonized for two months? Probably. A month and a half? Yeah, somewhere around On there. what book to pick, and this is the one that he first mentioned and finally <laughs> landed on, and I'm still not sure how I feel about that, but... Uh, Joe, based on the cover, what did you think this book was going to be about? So, full disclosure, I'm actually the one that turned Tim on to this book. It's all his fault. Wait, so you both have read this? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Not exactly. So, we first met because I was listening to uh, Patio Books, and this is one of the ones I'd start. I actually didn't get a chance to finish it at that time. Mentioned it to Tim. And then he went off on his own and started listening to every patio book he could find, <laughs> uh, including this whole series. So I'm partially responsible. No, solely. Solely <laughs> responsible. Depending on how much you like the book, I'm partially responsible. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so how far into the book did you get the first time? Not very far. Okay. Uh, just maybe like 20 or 30 pages the first time. Okay. So I thought this was a zombie book. <laughs> The cover meant nothing to me because I don't know how many zombie books you guys have read. I should have pulled some out to show you, but the covers don't mean anything. So, Infected. Um, actually, looking up a little bit about the book, it was originally called Infested. Um, and the name got changed because Infested is like a low-budget Canada zombie movie that came out about the same time. So, like, I don't feel too bad for being a little bit off about all what this is. Infected um, sounds cooler. Infested, infected does. Infested is much more accurate to the story, I think. Yeah, I was about to say, Infested, I don't know if I would have read it if it wasn't called Infested. Infested sounds um, more like a garden attack. So, uh, did put together a summary for this week. Um, I wrote it myself, so there should be minor spoilers. I don't think I put anything too major in it, but if you want to stop now and read the book and then come back, you are more than welcome to. So... Across America, a mysterious disease is turning ordinary people into raving, paranoid murderers who inflict brutal horrors on strangers themselves and even their own families. For instance, a seven-year-old grandmother kills her son, a little boy kills his mom and himself, and a father axes down his entire family before chopping himself up and blowing up the house. The novel focuses on three main characters' points of view, with several minor ones thrown in occasionally. Our first main character is Du Phillips, a Vietnam veteran who is now a CIA operative working to collect live victims of this rare disease before they kill themselves or the media gets wind of what's going on. 
unfortunately, while tracking down a live host. His partner gets an axe in the stomach and third-degree burns, leading eventually to his death. Dew begins to take this search personal, looking for someone to pay for his death. And yes, I spent a good portion of the book thinking it was Drew, and can tell you the exact page I realized it was not. Margaret Montoya is a CDC scientist who started putting together the clues and realized that there was something infecting people. She's actually low on the CDC totem pole, doesn't even work in Atlanta, but is immediately put in charge of investigating the triangles. Unfortunately, these triangles don't last long after a host has died, and within days the bodies will have rotted into nothing. Our final character is Perry Dawson, who's a former football player. Um, couldn't tell if he actually went pro. Definitely played a Big Ten school, Michigan. Um, and could have gone pro if only he hadn't gotten that career-ending in injury. He is now an IT desk jockey, which doesn't do much for his increasingly bad temper uh, that he's worked very hard to contain. Perry wakes up one Monday morning with seven itchy spots, seven spots that begin to grow and consume him mentally and physically. The itching is uncontrollable, leading Perry to do some fairly grossly described things. And as they begin to grow into triangles, Perry begins to hear voices, leading him to become increasingly angrier and paranoid. He decides to take action into his own hands and fight the triangles in his body first as they begin to want something more from him than just murder. So, where would you guys like to start? What would you think of the book, Joe? <laughs> yeah. So, I don't read a lot of horror in this way. I've read a few zombie books, sort of like what you mentioned. Uh, a lot of Stephen King, uh, Dean Koontz, sort of that side of horror. So this was a little different. Um, a lot more violent uh, and bloody than I'm sort of used to <laughs> in these type of books. Overall, I enjoyed it, though. I thought the characters were a little one-note. Um, they had one or two defining characteristics, and that sort of drove them through the story. Not necessarily a bad thing, because the story wasn't a... Um, look at these characters so much as pulling the narrative along. Yeah, this is definitely an action-based story rather than a character-building story. I really liked Margaret at first, but Margaret had two qualities. She was a scientist, and she was in love with her CIA operative, and that was it. And, you know, Dew was the vengeful character who, you know... Yeah, there's there's something that I kind of love about tropish characters, though, and these are these are definitely tropish characters. Uh, I I don't know that I would say that Perry is a is as much of one, but but definitely do. I had a little bit of a problem with Perry, um, more so towards the end of his character arc, um, but I was really rooting for him at first. You know, he's a guy that came from a really bad background that was looking to overcome it, found his way, and had that snapped from underneath him. And I'm pretty sure there are so many cases of that all over the U.S. from various sports. And, um, you know, he at least tried finding a desk job in IT. I mean, that's at least stable work. Um, but not when there are aliens looking to infect your body. <laughs> um, so, Tim, you have read this entire series, right? Yes. And did you read this um, by book or entirely by podcast? Uh, I did the first two by podcast 
because they were out. He didn't release the first one. He's actually or the third one. Excuse me. He's uh he's actually doing the third one right now on his weekly show. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, but yeah. um, uh, the third one I actually bought the audiobook for before I went on a trip. Okay. Does he read the audiobook or no? Is it someone it's else? somebody else, and it's sort of like the, it, it's a very obviously a very talented person, but for whatever reason, the story sort of lost something on me with with somebody else reading it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you grow to love these characters. And the voice that portrayed them. Yeah. So, yeah, I can get that. Um, yeah, this book is actually a great concept um, into how books come to be these days. It's, you know, books used to be such a rare commodity. And then in the 20th century, they were everywhere. I mean, if you can name a book from the 20th century that's worth more than 100 bucks, I'd be surprised. Um, and any writer out there now can tell you that finding your way into becoming the New York uh, Times bestseller is not something easy. So this guy, you know, this book started as a podcast first back in 2005, which I didn't realize there were podcasts back in 2005. Um, I wonder if they went by a different name back then. But he, as you said, he has a weekly show that is still on iTunes and still is free. And he releases all his books in podcast format. He's still, I mean... He's got a great um, business plan, you know. Uh, he views it as a kind of try it before you buy it thing. And, you know, if people are going to become fans, they're going to want to spend money. And as an avid reader, I completely agree with that. You know, I can check a book out from the library, but if I tend to like it, I end up buying it at some point in life, if not for someone else, for myself. It seems like several people have tried it since then, and it, it hasn't really worked out for a lot of people, at least looking at the, the small chunk of books that I've seen that have done it. But he's made a, made a good career of it for, for almost or more than a decade now. So I'll say I think part of that goes to it is a good story, yeah. and, and he's a good writer. You know, Those yeah. two qualities are in there, whether you enjoy the book on if you like horror books or not. Um, you can appreciate that he's a, a good writer. Um, with some original ideas. I'll, I'll tell you also, I, having read more than just the three books in this series, all of his books take place in a greater universe. So you'll see references and nods from one to the other, regardless oh, that's of really cool. yeah, the different time settings or different places or whatever. You can see how they all interrelate. And it's almost like chasing Easter eggs in some of the books. Man, you're making Which me almost want to continue the series, maybe. Uh, I, I, you know, there's a there's a... I, I don't want to give anything away for the other books, but there's a way that stories grow over time, like in scale. And, and I think these books do a really good job of that. It's not a rehash of the, the same story from the first book. It's, mm -hmm. it's legitimately showing the, the progress of how this would go out. Well, I say would go out like as if it would, but you get what I'm saying. You know, the, yeah. the, the scale of the story changes with each book. Yeah. And it, it is worth noting that this book was, well, technically published in 2008 the podcast came out in 2005 or 6 somewhere around and there. i don't think so he was in the middle of work writing a book to be published when 9-11 happened and kind of lost his um publishing uh, the company stopped publishing books basically so this is one of the books around that time and i don't even think that was his first book but he was still a newish writer so i can imagine you know, a book that is now 12 years old, um, probably more than that, being this captive 
and having 12 years to expand on his writing, I, I would believe that his series are probably fairly good. Um, they're gross, though. <laughs> like, this book... Uh, I, I'm debating whether or not to post uh, screen caps from the group chat of me just like yelling at Tim at how grossed out I was by this book. If we read any of those texts, you're going to get one of those little E's on this podcast. <laughs> That's quite true. Yeah, there was a lot of swearing in it. Um, so if you haven't read this book and you're debating on picking it up, here is your warning that this book is gooey and... Gooey is a great word for it. That's very accurate. Yes. <laughs> and uh, this is, you know, uh, if I had not dealt with some of the stuff I had medically in the past 10 years, um, I don't know if I would have read this. There, there is a point in my life where I would have looked at you and said, no, I'm good. I'm good. Our friendship can survive this, me not reading this. Uh, so, Joe, are you going to continue with the series? You know, I'm, I probably will, especially since Tim has them. That's quite true. <laughs> uh, yeah, these books were, I mean, because they're in podcast form, they're obviously very easy to get. But on top of that, there, excuse me, there are many copies in my library. I know there were in your library and they're all over Amazon. Um, and I know they go in cheap forms and I think he has sales on them frequently. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how he's made this business plan work for him, but major kudos he's he's got a, a pretty decent following i guess uh he's, yeah he's at dragon con every year and and there's a, a group of us and you know we're all the way across the country from where he's based so there's a there's a group over here that follows him to dragon con each year so yeah uh he definitely has social media down he works hard I, none of this obviously came to him lightly and i want to stress this is not me saying here's the magic way to do it this guy has worked hard. It is very clear. Um, I was reading through the frequently asked questions on his website and, you know, mad respect for this guy. Uh, I, I love reading authors, especially authors that have such an online presence so you can kind of feel like you get to know him better. And if his book wasn't so gooey, I wouldn't be so hesitant to continue. Ugh. So um, it gets to be a different kind of gooey if that helps. Yeah, we'll figure that out. I mean, I, I definitely will probably try the second book. <laughs> the vagueness in that response. So one of my first thoughts while reading this before I realized it was more of an alien kind of invasion was, uh, you know, especially when I was still thinking maybe this is zombies, is do you guys have survival plans? I mean, for the zombie apocalypse or anything apocalyptic wise? I would not say that we have anything, or I can't. I can't speak for Joe. <laughs> I was about to say, wait a second. <laughs> I can tell you there are there are long periods at work where you don't have anything to do but talk to the people around you, and so you end up on really random comments that are topics. It uh, it has come up on multiple occasions. What we would do, I don't know that it ever got to be a serious conversation though. Mostly just an argument about how dumb somebody else's idea was of what you would do in that event. That sounds about right. But neither of you have any kind of base plan. Probably do everything opposite of what they do on The Walking Dead. Because oh, they tend to make good. a lot of stupid decisions. <laughs> now are we talking comics or the TV show? Oh, the TV show. <laughs> yeah, I used to have a pretty good plan. My Before moving to Brooklyn, I lived right behind a Costco. So I was going to 
I mean, we're talking walking distance to Costco. So I was jumping the fence and running into Costco and starting to board things up. And now that I live here, I've pretty much decided I'm dead, guys. I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I any book I on. read, <laughs> you know, it was my choice to move here. So, you know, one zombie is going to take out. I, I guess I could watch I Am Legend to see if I can get any further details. You want to be that last person in the city? Yes, exactly. Me and you, you should read the book instead. I have read the book. Okay, good. I really like it, yeah. Yeah, I've read uh, it's the entire collection, actually. Are you shaking your head? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I haven't read it. That was a... Oh, okay. <laughs> it shares the same name as the movie, and that's the extent of the similarities. So it's like yeah. Old Boise? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a novella, and you can buy it with a group of... I think it comes with a few other short stories. But it's a commentary on racism more than it is a zombie story. Wait, the movie or the book? The, the book. book. Oh, okay. I haven't seen the, the movie. movie. Oh, you haven't seen I Am Legend? No, I haven't. Somehow that one got past me, and everybody seems really shocked about that they, one. They changed the ending of the movie to completely eliminate the reason why it's called I Am Legend. Yes. Okay. So I'll start with the book, and then we'll go from there. Did are, you are, go is this a, the are, are y'all like, are y'all like, down talking the movie a little bit is that what i'm getting from this that, that that maybe i don't need to see this movie it would be perfectly fine if it didn't have the name i am legend uh, okay it would be a perfectly I, serviceable I, so it's exactly yeah. like it's world war z exactly it has nothing to do with it and it would be a fine movie if it didn't try to jump off the book i don't know if yeah. world war z would be a fine movie even without the difference <laughs> no that it would not be yeah i saw i am legend first i think it came out while i was working in the theaters or just shortly after i started um so I saw it first and loved it, and then read the book and was like, oh, okay, something's wrong here. Um, so yeah, and I guess if we're going to get invaded like this book, um, there really isn't a survival plan, except for what, safe words? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I, I don't know how I would respond to an well, incident like this you know you, you'd like to think you'd be like super tough and just like oh, i would I respond make it poorly yeah that's that's probably more accurate to, what well, is going to, on to kind of spoil the book there are at one point two infected characters meet um before one of them starts hatching and there is a big contrast between how two characters have dealt with this infection um, you know, you've got Perry who by that point had cut out four of them. No, uh, five of them. He was down to the last two. Yeah. Yeah. He might've been at that point. He was, yeah. if it was either two or three, but it might've been the last two. Yeah. So Perry, there was eight. Well, okay. So to back it up, this infection starts by billions of these creatures trying to infect hosts and, you know, through Earth's atmosphere, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, only eight land on Perry. One dies immediately. Well, I think 12 land on him. Yeah. Four die immediately. One starts to grow and then dies. Seven make it to any kind of growth stage. He pulls out one before it becomes a triangle. Uh, and then the next four, he proceeds to kill in various ways before they get close to hatching. Are, are we going to talk about those various ways? I mean, let, sure. Let's go ahead. Uh, okay. 
So the first one, before it becomes a triangle, he cuts out of his leg. Right? Yeah, I can't remember yep. the order. Was that the fork one? Was that the no, one? that one comes later. Okay. So, okay, so he had one in his leg. He uses a fork to get the one out of his shoulder. Right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. He turns on the oven, or the stove, and burns the one um, on yeah. his ass. Yes. Um... That's three. Where was the fourth? I don't remember. I can't remember the order of these. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember the last two. So that's one, two, three, four, five. So we're missing two. One's on his back. That was the one that he Molotov cocktails, right? Yes. I thought that was the one on his arm. He soaks the towel and uses the towel? That's on the arm before he gets rid of the oh, last that's one. The arm. Okay. Yeah. Either let's, way. Let's, wait, wait, wait. Let's not glaze over the last one. Let's talk about <laughs> no, the last I, one. I'm getting to that in a second because I got a question for both of you. Um, but either way, as these things die, they are immediately set to start decaying in his body. So, how. Ugh. I'm sorry, I'm now officially a little bit grossed out. And uh, <laughs> he doesn't realize, of course, that they're decaying. And how you can ignore the smell of decay is beyond me. But wasn't, but... It, wasn't it in the book that they don't just decay? They, they cause the surrounding Yeah, they start causing... Start yeah, so these things are set to basically when the host dies, self-destruct. So that they can't be studied. They are apparently quite perfect uh, organisms. Which is why when... They, the scientist, uh, Margaret and her assistant, get one that's a few hours dead. Like They go into, what, 72 hours of just no sleep, doing all the research that they can. Because at the end of the 72 hours, that thing is gone. So the first one that he kills after it's become a triangle is the one on his shoulder. And there's enough still left to stop some of the decay, but there is some decay on his body. And it's not until after he burns the one on his ass that he realizes they're decaying and still doesn't care <laughs> which is i mean i get it <laughs> like i i get it so the last one where's the last one guys hold on i gotta think of a way to describe this it's not gonna get us an e on this <laughs> i mean if we if we end up getting an e it's fine downtown da- downtown's a good <laughs> that's good no come on where is friendly. it guys it's downtown on, on his foot oh he had one on his ankle he did have one on his ankle actually i've got a i've got a picture that i sent joe that has the the triangle locations i don't know who made this picture i just found it when i was googling around for stuff but uh it's actually got why? the locations of each of the triangles why like, would you google any of this for images you, <laughs> just reference you don't know no, I, uh, studying for the podcast yeah you know, just trying to Review. be prepared So the last one, it's which to color Perry's character, dude hates doctors, which is understandable. He blames the doctors for his, you know, career ending injury, because apparently the first one they got to it didn't set his leg right. If they had, he still would have had a career, whatever. Dude's been itching like crazy to the point that he's caused himself bleeding. But it's not until he realizes the one that is on his balls is like 
massive and infected that he's like, maybe I should go to a hospital. So the last one that he goes to cut off, which is understandable, I get it, is the one on his junk. And I really skimmed over that scene because at that point, by that point, I think I had yelled enough at you. But how'd you guys feel? Um, bad for him. I don't know that he had any alternatives. This was, this was he had to do what he had to do at this point. Okay. So the question is, would you guys have? And by have, I mean, taken the last one and turned yourself into a unit, guys. So. <laughs> and then run around carrying it. <laughs> you definitely don't want to leave it. <laughs> um, so, so tough guy sitting here doing a podcast. Me says yes, I would be able to take care of that situation and make sure that the triangles don't do what they need to do. But in all actuality, I don't know how that would have turned out. I was about to say that's a that's t- a tough call to have to make. Yeah, that's a bridge too far. I think <laughs> I don't know. If that's one of those questions you can answer yeah, without being yeah. in that situation, yeah. and I don't intend to. Uh, Nope. Be in that situation. Nope. Well, I think we're a little lucky because while the book repeatedly states that it's happening all across America, most of the cases found are within the Midwest. Sorry, guys, in the Midwest. But, uh. That's why we live in Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right next to the CDC. I get it. Absolutely. That's probably, you know what? If I ever had seven strange rashes, that's probably the first place I would go. Well, you guys does, are smart. Come look at me real quick. <laughs> he does talk about going to the doctors, but then makes an excellent point. Is he better as a case study, dead or alive? And even if he is alive, how long would they keep him alive? But by that point, he knows he's dying. He's mentioned it. He thinks it's cancer. And then realizes after he removes the first one before it's become a triangle that it's not cancer. It's something living. <laughs> This book is gooey, guys. It's just hard. I think the the one spoiler we should leave is that how he takes care of that last triangle. Mm. With what does he take yeah. care of that? We're, we're, we should probably leave that one for the, the readers. I mean, I'm a female and even still I am just clenching. <laughs> like... You know, one, one thing that really like stood out to me at this book, like in, in terms of the science of it, I'm no kind of a smart person, so I couldn't tell you how much of it is, is accurate and not accurate. But I do love the depth to which things were explained or or that the reasons why things are happening the way they were happening was, was given out. It wasn't, it, you know, especially with the triangles, with, with how they were forming, why they were forming, what was going a certain way. I thought it was sort of exceptionally done. There, there was an authority to it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good way to phrase uh, it. I heard somebody talking about the um, one of the authors of the Expanse books, and somebody had said to the author, wow, these sound like you really researched this and are true to life. And he said, no, it's really just what he thought it would be like. Yeah. You know, but he went yeah. enough detail that people bought into it, and I feel like that's what he did with this book. That's probably true. Yeah, there is a fine line of enough detail in a book to be like, okay, I can believe this happening. You know, one side being not enough research, the other side being like you're trying to prove too much. And he definitely does walk that line. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's discussion of, did this suddenly just happen? Or is it something that, well, at one point, there's discussion of whether or not this is something natural that 
came from Earth that is causing, is it actually a disease? And this leads to the reveal of a disease that I, I did not write down the name and probably couldn't pronounce anyways, but... Morgellons? Yes, where, which is basically just calling someone a hypochondriac uh, in fancy form. Um, except for that it turns out some of those patients are real. They have the little fibers that show that the specks landed on them and died immediately afterwards or shortly afterwards. So, so Tim, how many times have you read this? Uh, this is just my second. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was the, the reread so that I'd be freshened up on it for this. Appreciate that. Sure. Needed to get those gooey scenes in again. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about with the book? Uh, I I enjoyed it. And like I said, I'll probably do the rest of them eventually. It's not going to be one that you're going to pick up. I mean, I could see like taking a year off and then be like, okay, I've had enough time away from the gooeyness. Let's pick up the second book. I think it was, it was, I think he mentioned on his podcast that it was dangerously close to being optioned for a TV show. Yeah, I, I read that and I think the rights fell through a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and then there was talk of a comic book. And I'm not sure if those rights have fallen through or not. I don't know if I want to see this in any kind of visual okay. format. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what happened with the comic book, or at least my understanding of it, is that okay. um, one of the comic book, not, not, not Marvel or DC, but one of the bigger ones, slightly under that, had they've created the comic book. The first issue got printed. The second issue, or subsequent issues, were delayed, so they never put out the subsequent issues. But there is a first issue of Infected floating around, and I think I am the current high bidder on eBay for one of them right now. Shut up! Yeah, Seriously, digging around on on Google more and found it. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I definitely want to see it. I mean, Can maybe I not maybe much? not one part of it. But, oh, like like two dollars? Yeah, oh, there's I mean, nothing. I don't know I mean, if it's something rare. Yeah, I can't imagine that it goes too far and past the opening scene of the book. Maybe introduce yeah. two of the characters. Maybe all three. Probably for the first issue, considering it's supposed to be a a series of them. It, it probably doesn't go too deep, but I'd still like to see, you know, sort of the visualization of, visualization of what they think Perry looks like or, or do. Yeah, what are your thoughts on our three main characters? Any uh, any major likes, dislikes? Yeah. I mean, I know we briefly touched on that they're kind of one note, but... But that's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think of movies like Taken or John Wick, two of which I love, by the way. <laughs> but those are not deep characters because it's about the story and, and the action, uh, driving it scene to scene, not necessarily the characters and uh, their arcs so much. So I think that worked fine in this type of story. It was fast-moving, short chapters for that reason. So I feel like the level of detail of these characters was just fine. Yeah, you, you get the depth that you need, you know? They don't go too far with it, and they don't, they don't leave it too light. You understand why Perry would would fight these things. You understand why he's strong enough to fight these things, those types of things. You understand Dew's motivations. It, it's just skin deep. Oh, nice. They nice. do go, oh, that's so God. Uh, they do go a little bit deeper. I've, I've never Perry. seen a look nope. of pride on his face <laughs> like he has right now. <laughs> As he should, honestly. I mean, that was a good one. Uh, they do go a bit deeper into Perry's character, uh, you know, the, the motivation behind it is the fact that he had a very abusive dad. And it does seem to be that he has spent 
decades kind of fighting his dad's mentality, you know, not wanting to turn into him, you know, not wanting to have the rage or worry about, uh, not wanting to turn into his dad, not, you know, but towards the end, he starts hallucinating about his dad and that's how he keeps fighting. And, you know, I I don't know, it it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Um, And so I kind of hope, or spoiler, he lives through, all of this for the second book and uh i'm curious to see how he is in the second book because he basically accepts that what his dad did was okay because he got him through all that and i don't know how i feel about that yeah that was a that was an interesting note there because it does it, it does almost seem to lean that way like this had to happen the way that it happened for this story to progress the way that it did mm-hmm. but you don't want to look at the things that the dad did as being positives in any way so right because it's, it's really not in it. And I don't think Scott Sigler is trying to make light of abuse, no. abusive I... people or this situation at all. It's just, you know, I was reading online and one of the frequently asked questions was, why do you kill your main character? Or why do you kill any character? And uh, his response was something, you know, that's what makes good storytelling, essentially. Uh, it is a much longer response, but... I can see that here. It, it's not a a heroic character. You know, this guy is tormented. He's not an anti-hero either. He's a loose cannon. So I, I I will read the second book. Maybe we can eventually all get together and talk about the second book or something. I'll just Many, go ahead and throw that out there as my offering for the next time that I'm on this <laughs> podcast. Many years from now. Uh, <laughs> So, what are you guys reading next? What are you guys reading now? Uh, uh, I can't think of the title. Hang on. It'll come to me. It was a book given to me by Megan Griffin that I cannot remember the title of. The Unbearable Lightness of Being. Uh, yes, The Unbearable Lightness of Being. How are you enjoying that? I hadn't gotten very far because I was trying to finish Infected. Nope, completely understand. I can't remember if I gave you a portion, the, the book that I actually read for college, so if there's highlighting and notes, I apologize. That'll probably help me. Uh, it'll probably do me good. No, it'll be my scribblings <laughs> of insanity. Uh, this was I actually wrote a paper on this book. It is one of my all-time favorites. Joe, have you read it? Or did you see the movie? It was There's a movie back in the 80s. No, to both questions. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it is a... Uh... That was very, very official. That was very political. <laughs> I was trying to remember back. I was like, I know of it. Yeah. It is a uh, one of my face favorite postmodern books, and um, would be I, I need to do another reread of it because it's now been oh my god it's been almost seven years since I last read it so yeah I definitely need to do another reread and find my other copy I know I have a second copy somewhere so uh, looking forward to hearing what you think about that and Joe what about you so I'm reading the uh, ninth book of the Master and Commander series. Nice. Figured I'd dive back in after our last episode. And then after that, I'm going to go into the uh, Children of Huron, the Lord of the Rings uh, sort of side book. I don't know anything about that one. What's that? I don't know a lot about it either. They had a sale on Amazon a few weeks back. So <laughs> nice. I bought it and it's sitting on my Kindle. But uh, everybody says it's good. Okay. Uh, just, just for my own clarification, does that mean that you've read 
eight Master and Commander books since we last did a podcast. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> very, very yeah. concerned for a second there. I would say, with a, a young child running around, I would be impressed. <laughs> um, I just started Heist Society by Allie Carter, which is a young adult book, something to basically cleanse the palate after this book. <laughs> and then uh, I'm reading Carrie Fisher's newest book, uh, Princess Darius, um, which will be my... I, I read simultaneously, so whichever one's not boring me, I'll pick up. Uh, and then Buffy season eight, I just got... I, I went to three comic book shops at Barnes & Noble and Second and Charles. Is that the right... Yeah. I've been told I've t- I say this wrong, so second and Charles. How do you say None it? Of, now I can't even remember how I pronounce it. Like I, <laughs> well, you it got it right. Like yeah. Second Avenue and Charlie or something. It was something weird, and, and my best friend looks at me and goes, what, what are you saying? <laughs> so, And then I looked at a comic book store. This was all while I was in Atlanta, and then I looked at one up here and couldn't find it. And then walked into my regular one. And, of course, I had it. Like, I don't know why I ran around just looking for this. Um, so I picked up the first two volumes of that as I just finished my Buffy binge. And you guys both need to watch Buffy. And if you haven't watched Buffy, anybody listening, please watch Buffy. It holds up so well 20 years later. <sighs> it makes me sad that people have not watched Buffy. Like, I, I need to talk to someone now about my feelings towards the actual character. Because they have changed so much in 20 years. And... Is season eight? Season eight came after the TV show, right? Yeah, season yeah, season seven was the last of the TV show. Season eight takes place a year and a half later in comic book form, and they are on, I think, season eleven. Oh, they're still going. Yeah, they're still going. Oh, I didn't know that. They are, I think, IDW comics, which is a big shift for me since I primarily read Image. Uh, Anything else before we wrap it up, guys? No, I think uh, I think that's it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What are we holding on? You didn't do the Twitter hashtag. I ha- I'm not, oh God, really? No, because you said you're not going to spoil how. I know, I know. That's what I, we got to figure out what the Twitter hashtag is going to be because we can't, we can't do what we originally decided. Okay, so I wanted to put a poll on Facebook before this, but it would probably be better to do it this way. If you've read the book and you know how he gets rid of his last one, my big question is now, who would do this? Who would sacrifice that much of themselves? And I'm not just talking about cutting off his junk. I'm talking about in general. I mean, he risked, you know, injuring, losing his arm, both arms, I think. He did lose one leg. Well, he lost the use of a leg. But who would do this to themselves? And I was told I wasn't allowed to take a Facebook poll pro- prior to this. So... <laughs> <laughs> tweet at tim <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no um i don't know what do you guys want the twitter hashtag to be cut to the chase cut to nice the ch- yeah yeah joe you're so and good just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just drops these like they're nothing um he yeah does hashtag cut to the chase and just tell us in that tweet oh, God. whether or not you would save the junker <laughs> So I don't know if saving the junk was even an option. Would you, would you let the alien take the junk or would you take the junk yourself? I was really debating reading that passage about when he looks down to see. <laughs> it's masterfully written. <laughs> it, masterfully it, actually, written. it really, really is. It made me so uncomfortable. 
Um, but I have a feeling that no guy would be happy with me doing that. No. And I would prefer not to lose listeners in my second episode. So yes, uh, hashtag, Joe, tell me what it is again. Hashtag what? Cut to the chase. And to get into the discussion of if you would do what Perry did to save your own life. Uh, so guys, thank you both for being my first guest. I have no idea how you both survived this. And thank you for, you know, helping me get started on this journey. Um, unfortunately, you guys will not be back next week. I will be back to do Contagious, though. I just want to make that clear, that at some point you're going to have to read the second book. <laughs> okay, Gauntlet Throne. <laughs> I'll bring in so, some lighter reading that time. Sounds oh, good. I can only imagine what Joe qualifies as lighter <laughs> reading. If they wanted to find you on social media and you wanted to be found, where would that be? At Remo Beware on Twitter. This is Tim talking, by the way. This isn't Joe. Joe doesn't have Twitter. <laughs> um, at Remo Beware on Twitter. R-E-M-O-B-W-A-R-E. And then I'm on Facebook. Tim Lowe, you can find me. I'm friends yeah, with Yeah, they're both in the Facebook group. Um, yep. So next week I will be joined by two new guests. And the book that we're reading is Silk by Caitlin Kiernan. came out back in 2002. And I know absolutely nothing about this book because I refuse to look anything up before I start reading it for this podcast. So if you'd like to join the conversation, we would love to get listener questions you can find us basically anywhere on social media you can find us on itunes and stitcher the website is judgingbookcovers.com this will list basically everywhere that i post the podcast that you can listen to if you want it posted somewhere else uh, either shoot me an email or find us on social media you can find us on twitter at facebook at jbc podcast the email address is judgingcoverspodcast at gmail.com. And we are actually on Instagram now at judgingbookcoverspodcast. I don't know how much I'll be posting, but at least there will be information on the books that we're reading uh, as we go through. Um, actually, Tim bought little trinkets to commemorate. Thank you. The, the first two episodes. And so I will post a picture of this wonderfulness that he bought now did you buy the fake tattoo as well or no 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 i just found that picture on the internet and then i got really jealous of the guy who had it and i think i think maybe that should be my first tattoo so a blue triangle it might have actually been a real tattoo it looked i think it is i think the i I don't know if i sent one or two pictures but there's like eight or nine pictures yeah there's eight or nine pictures of people who've gotten these tattoos i'm shaking my head like i don't have tattoos of things that i love that people probably would shake their heads about but Kudos for you if you got a tattoo of this. It would make me itch constantly. (laughs) If you want to follow my own personal Twitter, I'm at Meg Griffin. That's Meg Griffin with three G's in the middle. Thank you for listening. And join us again in two weeks. Our next episode will be on April 30th. And we will be discussing... we. I will be discussing Silk with Caitlin Kiernan and two new guests. I'm not going to share my survival plans with the world because then they'll know. It's like, terrible I work, idea. I work at the grocery store and everybody immediately is like, well, we'd go to the grocery store. It's like, no, no. Everybody that would watch not- Mist. Mist.